0: all-star game all-star break has passed and gone we had some okay dunks we had some surprises in the three-point contest the all-star game was kind of what i expected a lot of good highlights but very little defensive effort and team lebron came out with the win um and this week on the second stringers nba podcast we're going to project what is going to happen for the rest of this season who's making the playoffs and what seedings are they finishing uh, we'll talk about Dell Dems, who has parted ways with the Pelicans. Or should I say the Pelicans have parted ways with him? Um, and as well, here's a quick thing to get ourselves into this podcast. The last time LeBron James missed the playoffs was, was in his second season with the Cavaliers, who finished 42-40 and 40 and lost the tiebreaker to the New Jersey Nets at that time. And now LeBron James is looking at his L.A. Laker roster, and they might not even finish 42-40. and 40. That is a real thing
1: right now. Yeah, Alan, that is pretty crazy as we go into this final stretch of the season. I don't think LeBron's ever been in this crazy of a situation where like he was expected to make the playoffs and everything at the beginning of the season. Like This team had such high hopes and they're really not finding themselves in much of a better situation than they were last year at this point. Yeah. And, man, it, it's going to take a lot, but do we think that they're
0: going to make it? We'll have to find out as the
1: podcast goes on. <laughs>
0: right, we can't reveal our answer yet, but there's definitely going to be a bulk of the discussion here, but before we go into that, let's just do a quick recap of the All-Star festivities. Sean, did you tune in? Did you, did you, <laughs> I mean, you know my opinion on the All-Star weekend. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I can't say I did. I I, I mean, I, I had an excuse. I was busy this weekend. I was at a wedding, and you know, the All-Star weekend just it was not enough to uh, deter me from going to this wedding, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I saw a yeah. few highlights. You know, I saw I saw the really cool alley-oop from Steph to Giannis, um, with the bounce pass over the rim. That was really cool, right. and that that actually is the only part of it I saw.
0: <laughs> there was a 360 dunk from Steph Curry during warm-up. Oh, you know
1: what? I, no, I did see – no, he actually did uh, one in the game at the end where Ooh. he did a 180 alley-oop to himself.
0: Ooh, oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. So he did that. Um, you got J. Cole missing a dunk at the rim uh, but still he <laughs> attempted it he attempted it, it, it. j
1: cole i did go back and watch the halftime show on youtube and dude, j cole it was really good oh it yeah came out in I that was... old school like charlotte hornets warm-up mm-hmm. and yeah he, he man that was so much better than the super bowl halftime show
0: <laughs> i was gonna bring that up i was like <laughs> there you go there's the comparison between the nfl and the nba crowd a little bit you get adam um Adam Levine from Maroon 5. That's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, yeah, we're taking his shirt off for whatever reason because he thinks people are into
0: that. Right. And then you get J. Cole, a stellar performance from him at All-Star Weekend. Um, different crowds there. I guess the NFL going with the safer option. The NBA not backing down from their influence on hip-hop or maybe vice versa yeah, as well. Or just music
1: culture in general, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, the I Super mean- Bowl
1: had Travis Scott, and he's – Arguably sure. in the same category as Jake Cole right now, but it just did not hit as
0: well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I just don't think Maroon Five Travis Scott are, should are ever together, and like I don't even think. Yeah, it just doesn't really DVDs. make much sense to put them together. Yeah, remember back when people used to have like those CD sleeves to keep, all their <laughs> yeah, CDs yeah, together? yeah. Like I don't <laughs> think a person would ever have a Maroon Five and a Travis Scott CD if those were still around physical CDs in that same cd yeah you hitting yeah,
1: uh, like how many demographics are you trying to hit between those two <laughs> yeah you're getting like the yeah. uh like the like the moms like into maroon five <laughs> and then you're hitting like the millennials with travis scott uh, i
0: don't know yeah exactly but uh let's talk about what to me is the biggest surprise out of this whole all-star weekend which is honestly inconsequential to the overall picture of the nba season but still <laughs> Um, Joe Harris, man. Joe Harris, Joe Harris is the man coming out with the three-point contest win here over Steph Curry. Um, all uh, Should I say the Currys and <laughs> Steph right. and his and Seth. Yeah,
1: um, that was pretty cool. I mean, you don't really see no-name guys really make a splash in uh, these types of contests. I mean, Steph Curry's won this I think multiple times now and he, he actually made 10 threes in a row at one point, which is pretty dang impressive, but Joe Harris, yeah. just steady hand, just keep it flying. And, man, he, he shot the lights out. And I mean, he came out afterwards saying, like, it's yeah, this doesn't mean I'm a better shooter than Steph Curry. It's just taking balls off of racks. Um, so he, he's super
0: humbled, too. So you got to respect the guy. Right. And then you always have that two-point ball, two yeah, two ball. Uh, ball. Yeah, the two-point ball. That, like, always throws, throws people off or just makes the scores bigger than they really are. Um, but how about this guy winning the dunk contest I forgot that this guy was even on the OKC roster, <laughs> right? Um, but it's cool. It's cool. He had cool dunks and he won and congrats to him. But it goes to the point that I made in the earlier podcast before this one heading into the All-Star break that, you know, the All-Star break just doesn't feel like it used to because I mean, no disrespect to, um, to this dude who I can't really pronounce his <laughs> name. Hamadou <but>, Diallo. <laughs> but I mean, All-Star Weekend, we want to see the stars out here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, after that dunk contest, those rumblings where, well, I think it was Russell Westbrook that was like, I'll do the dunk contest if uh, Giannis does it next year.
0: That's what we need. That's what That's we need. exactly what you yeah, need. Yeah, if you
1: want people to actually watch this thing. I mean, all credit to Diallo. He had a sweet dunk. He dunked over Shaq and finished with the Vince Carter honey dip, putting his forearm into the basket and had the Superman shirt underneath so there's some showmanship there it was a really cool dunk but um we we really want to see Giannis and even like I don't even know Ben Simmons maybe some of these Anthony Davis like these guys that should be able to do anything and then throws on Williamson in there next year because everyone will want to see that and that would be a dunk contest for the ages
0: I'll say this I saw um an idea being spurted around I forgot where I saw I read it or Twitter where people were talking about why don't you bring in Sort of these bet, these amateur YouTube dunkers who are actually not that bad. <laughs> right. You that know, they
1: specialize in dunking.
0: Yeah. Like, why don't you bring them in, have them versus some NBA players and, and see what you can get at a, at a competition like that. Yeah. They, think- they just need to mix up the formula. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but let's go into some consequential NBA news here. No. Uh, Dell Dems is gone from New Orleans. They've decided to part ways here. Not surprised at all. I mean, Dell Demps I think it kind of sucks a little for the Lakers and Magic Johnson cuz it seems like they were dealing they were basically in discussions and trying to deal with a guy who um basically had a time countdown clock on his head in terms of in terms of him keeping his job and I had a feeling this was going to eventually happen um and this could be a sign pointing to that Dell Demps might have walked away from the best deal he could have gotten for Anthony Davis Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, you don't know what the Celtics are going to actually offer when it all comes down to it, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, this, this move is not, um, not very surprising. Honestly, they were 26 and 33 going into the all-star break. Um, this really was kind of his last hurrahs. Like if you couldn't win with this roster, it wasn't really going to get any better, um, than this season. And Anthony Davis was aware of that. And obviously, the entire organization was aware of that, and now we're here we are with um with just an interim GM now, and all the moves they made at the trade deadline were just to acquire draft picks. It seems for the new GM to kind of get a fresh start and really get this franchise back on the right track. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that, but right now, um, they have this guy Danny Ferry who's acting as the interim GM. Um, who actually has an interesting history in the NBA. He was the second overall pick in 1989 to none other than the Los Angeles Clippers, surprisingly enough. Um, Didn't actually do very much for them, but ended up winning a championship with the Spurs in 2003 at the tail end of his career, Um, then proceeding to become the GM of the Cavs, um, including being part of the roster um, that went to the 2007 finals, helped build that roster around LeBron. Um, then becoming the vice president of basketball operations for the Spurs in 2010 to 2012. Um, from then from Oh, Danny Ferry, yeah. I do mm-hmm. remember this guy. This oh, okay, you do Hawks know him. Guy. Oh, yeah, so you yeah. know him for this, this era that we're about to get into, the 2012 to 2015 where he became the president of back basketball operations for the Hawks, um, arguably the highest point of his career, becoming the president of basketball mm-hmm. operations, and then, uh, was eventually bought out after some investigations and some racist comments he made directed at Luol Deng uh, were made public. And it was never found that he was guilty of these charges, but the media attention and all the animosity behind it was enough for the Hawks to want to part ways with him. They didn't want anything to do with this scandal. Um, so after that, um, ever since then, he's been a special advisor to the general manager for the Pelicans, uh, now steps into this interim GM role, which I doubt he'll really have to do much um, for the rest of this season, and they'll probably replace him when the offseason comes. But I just thought it was an interesting little history of uh, this guy who's yeah. yeah made quite an impact on the NBA.
0: Yeah, Danny Ferry has had a quite the upward trend in his career, uh, considering I'm not sure how what I think about him now that we've outlined this. I mean, sure, I think he tried his best in 2005-2022, 2010 he brought up bringing in Shaq making that trade for Antoine Jameson yeah um to get LeBron some support there mm-hmm. put together a couple of characters Larry <laughs> Hughes Mo Williams Mo Williams too. yeah who else was part of that parade
1: um I mean wasn't like Zydrunas Ilgauskas on that team oh yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah he was there um he steps into this role but yeah you're right I'm not sure what I see happening here I mean I've highlighted it before that the Pelicans it starts at the top. Um, their ownership group or owner seems to be kind of like fuzzy. Uh, you got the, the late widow of the former owner now in control of this team while the, while the estate being his ch- children are trying to fight her ownership claim <laughs> of this team and try to get it back to their family. So that's kind of up in the air as well. But Dale Demps, I don't, man. I still, I'm still, i still the believer, like I mentioned earlier, that he might have left the best deal on the table there with the Lakers. Um, sure, it's hard to say. It's hard to say that the Boston might not offer their best package, but I have a feeling that they're probably not going to offer it. And there was some uh, back and forth going on between him and the owner, and I think he's now left the Pelicans in a worse state. Um, he's probably fractured the lakers season and magic i'm sure is extremely frustrated at seeing these news uh, so so much is just up in the air right. with this team right there's now.
1: nothing do you really think that he had much control over the situation like we're talking about how the owner is probably the one calling the shots during this trade deadline fiasco and it's like they're probably like we can't risk the lakers being the best offer if we think the celtics can give us a better offer they probably instructed him to just do nothing unless the lakers offered the stupidest offer
0: imaginable like yeah yeah. that's true if that's if the reality is that the lakers never did put kyle kuzma ingram hart and Lonzo with the two first rounders and rondo whoever those other guys were rondo or stevenson take your pick there um if that offer was never put on the table sure, then Del Demps is the victim slightly here. But if that offer was put on the table and Del Demps just didn't take it, I I, am of the theory that Del Demps ultimately took and was hurt that this this all transpired. (laughs) And I think he just couldn't find it in his ego to really make a deal with good faith with the Lakers. (laughs) Um, And I think ultimately this is why he lost his job. Ouch, man. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see what
1: they actually get for Anthony Davis in a few months here. It's like what? What is this man actually going to be worth to some of these teams? It yeah, it's going to be probably the t- he's Anthony Davis will be the theme of the 2019 off season.
0: As it should be, this is going to be the trade of the decade. Here it, I mean, we might see the power shift um, dramatically this summer potentially oh my gosh. if Durant, Duranko. There's going to be some crazy stuff, Anthony. man.
1: But we yeah. don't have to talk about that all yet. I get really excited talking about it, but we still got plenty of NBA action to talk about this year.
0: Yeah. And here, here's the final question. I think, do you think, could you see Dell Dems having another general manager job in the NBA today or in the future? Um, that's tough. I think
1: maybe I'm going to say, no, I I think, I think it's possible. I I do. I mean, it depends if he continues to pursue it, obviously, but I mean, there's only been like, it's so hard to be a GM in the NBA. You know, there's so few people that ever get to do this job and it's a really tough job. And, um, he's proven that he's been able to do it. And you know what? I feel like the moves that he's made the last few years to try to build this team into a championship team, trying to get Demarcus Cousins, uh, bringing in Miritich, bringing in Julius Randle, like keeping Drew Holiday on a good contract now, like those are all good moves. And I don't know. I, I don't think he'll be only be looked at for the whole Anthony Davis fiasco.
0: Yeah, he did make good moves. That's true. I, I liked Miritich. I liked, I mean, he made the trade for Cousins, whether or not that was. Good or bad, it seemed good, but obviously you had bad luck. Play your way there. Yeah. Julius Randle was good. Um, Just this, the way this situation was handled, I think, will taint his career, especially once we find out, you know, what actually happened. Was there an was there an owner influence here that did not let him complete a deal yeah. uh, in good faith, or was it ultimately his ego that got in the way, <laughs> or did and he made a bad bet thinking the Celtics were going to put their all their assets on the table? Right, and we'll find out at the end of that. I guess at least the Boston side of things we'll find out over the summer (laughs) and everything else. Maybe there'll be a book written in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to pick up a copy of that one in 20 years.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But yeah, moving Uh, on. Markeith Morris, um, the big signing um, from this last week, really with not much action outside the all-star game happening. Uh, The OKC Thunder pick him up on a good deal uh, for the remainder of the season. And this is a guy that started for the Wizards, I think yep. this is a great signing for them. Get a little backup help for, um, I don't even know who they're starting in that position, Patrick Patterson, if they wanted to go yeah. big. Paul George playing the four a lot of the time. And if they need to play a little bigger ball against some of these teams, Morris is the guy you put uh, with Steven Adams, I think.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about what OKC has ahead of them, but Marquise Morris will help considering that this team has a, cute, has a very, very difficult path ahead of them. Until the end of the NBA season, and Marquise Morris should slightly help because this this team's biggest weakness for the last couple of years has always been their bench. Um, and having Morris there um, should help boost that front court depth a little bit. Yeah, definitely.
1: Sam Presti making more moves, man.
0: Yeah, he's. The, dude, he's the not, dude is
1: great at his job. You know, he works with yeah, what he's,
0: he's got. A, it's hard to say he's a great GM considering he let go of three consecutive <laughs> MVPs. <laughs> he
1: also drafted all those MVPs, though.
0: That's true. That's true. I guess everybody makes mistakes. The <laughs> hard thing there is that the mistake could have potentially – that mistake probably was an NBA title. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's besides the they point here. Anyway. A, they were
1: within one game of making the finals that one year, man. That's Not true. much you can that's do true. about
0: that. A couple injuries here and there to Westbrook and then Durant the next yeah. – or Durant and then Westbrook the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about, how about former Laker Michael Beasley <laughs> – Michael Beasley, oh. man, this guy. <laughs> I former Clipper, too. <laughs> former Clipper, former New Yorker, former number two pick of the end. Oh my gosh, he signs with the Chinese team, um, Guangdong for two months. Is that is that how you would pronounce the I'd name? Probably of go team?
1: Guangdong, Guangdong.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think just. I think it was just inevitable. Like there are certain players. Like when you after a couple years in the NBA, you are like, okay, this is going to be a Chinese league player (laughs) that's like a thing like
1: yeah chinese league player you know
0: yeah and michael beasley was one of those guys um i never thought he was gonna be a good laker but Uh, that was just a weird i
1: mean apparently he's gonna make big bucks for this two-month contract he's on for the rest of the cba's regular season and postseason looking to make that uh, championship push there uh, signing a guy like michael beasley um, I actually looked up their roster. They have a few uh, guys that played in the NBA before. Um, so Michael Beasley's going to join a star studded lineup of uh, Sonny Weems, Marshawn Brooks, you might remember, who was playing in the I NBA this year. And then uh, Yi Jianlian. who was. I do remember this. Yeah.
0: Guy. He was. Was he a top 10 pick? I
1: think he was. I think he was. And he, and he played for the Bucks. Uh,
0: Yes, he played for the Bucks. <laughs> what an interesting pick that year. I I still remember I must have been like NBA 2006, like NBA Live 06 or NBA Live 07 and I remember trading for this you guy. You traded for? It. <laughs> but uh what a star-studded um lineup here and uh, Chinese basketball isn't really known for their defensive intensity, so I think Michael Beasley, Mr. All-Offense, should fit in well into this league and Maybe he'll end up with his own reality show, like Stefan Marbury. Right?
1: Yeah, he might get him or his own Broadway with... show. I meant. Oh, it's yeah, oh, that's right, Broadway show, and he might yeah. end up with a Chinese basketball championship.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's he'll get he'll have something no very little, um, Laker counterparts of his have will ha... probably ever have. <laughs> True that. Yeah. Well, how about LeBron James? Um, uh, sending a message to the league this morning saying he's, um, he's about to turn it on to get this Laker team into the playoffs. Um, what did he say? Something Some about the lines of like, he's gonna activating turn it on a lot earlier the intensity than... or
1: something. Yeah. Turn on earlier than he, uh, like ever has before.
0: I don't know. Oh, man, that, that just seems like such a silly, silly quote <laughs> that I just like. I read it and I was like, "What?"
1: So if we had a big deal okay. or forgetful section, this would be in the forgetful section.
0: The actual quote itself is going to be forgetful. Jim, <laughs> um, let's see the numbers. I mean, okay, the next ten games, if you know, we actually see increases in points per game, Lakers are winning. Then maybe we can switch the switch it off the big deal. But still, at the end of the day, this quote I think is just so funny. Yeah, um, I just don't know if the Lakers.
1: I, I feel like they need Lonzo Ball first, but. Yeah, this, LeBron, I mean, if you're going to get playoff LeBron now, he can carry you through a few games um, while you're getting a full roster back.
0: Yeah, if, if playoff LeBron um, is still left in the tank here for this guy, 34 years old Oof. now, uh, let's see what he's got. Let's see if this might be his I don't know if I want it might be his biggest basketball challenge at least on the NBA side oh, definitely so far which seems like last year was his biggest <laughs> NBA challenge uh, yeah it just keeps crazy. getting
1: harder for him as he gets older but man this is this game against the Rockets tomorrow night Thursday night it's gonna be epic
0: yeah somehow both of these teams are rivals now can you say that or at least there's animosity <laughs> yeah, because the of Chris
1: Paul and Rajon Rondo yeah yeah, yeah and that'll I mean, be interesting the, to see if they start getting into it again.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we'll break it down what they have next coming for them, but every game for the Lakers is basically going to have to be high intensity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you mentioned, I think ultimately, playoff LeBron or no LeBron, what this team needs is Lonzo of ball back, Yes, sir. And it, need, it needs its players to start knocking down some free throws <laughs> and playing some good defense again. I don't know if this playoff final form Super Saiyan LeBron – is going to get enough wins to get them in yeah. the playoff. It's not about him. It's about the team. This team needs to pick itself. Yeah, I don't, up.
1: I don't know if you, uh, watched any of the new dragon ball series, the dragon ball super series, but, yeah. um, he's going to, I feel like he's going to have to go beyond super Saiyan. I feel like he's going to have to go ultra instinct.
0: Yeah. The, <laughs> to get, to get, to get them <laughs> to the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's even talk that his groin injury might not be fully healed. Um, and that that's concerning. That's scary. As well, yeah,
1: and he'll probably. I, I mean, that- I, I, he's played through injuries before. I mean, he said he broke his hand in the finals last year, so yeah. like punching a I'm whiteboard. A bit,
0: <laughs> right, and I'm a little bit worried because this kind of hints of signs of that 2012 2013 NBA year when Kobe blew his Achilles and the uh. Lakers went all out to make the playoffs. I hope that's not a repeat of that yeah, year. <laughs> that would
1: be a you got to the empty shell of a playoff
0: run if that were to happen. Right, you get to the playoffs, but you have—I don't know who you. What was did Devin Ebanks um, <laughs> as your starting three or point guard? Or <laughs> I don't something. even know, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bunch of no the, names. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the team to put up there against the Spurs. But uh, anyway,s let's get on to our season, era, rest of season predictions. So basically, let's start off by predicting the award winners. I feel like we probably have a good size of um, sample size, basically, to make our picks here. What are we like seventy five percent through the year? You? Yeah,
1: yeah, around seventy five percent. I think a lot of teams have around twenty four to twenty six games left, so a little over um, a third, two thirds of the way done. And yeah, we we agree on a few of these awards, Alan. But there's some of these I'm I'm excited to get into with about here because. Yeah, they're, they're, I just completely disagree on a few of your picks.
0: All right, let's see. Um, which uh, I'm, I'm surprised that we, I guess it makes sense. We kind of think alike on some of these. But first one, MVP. Let's go with MVP. Um, you're going Giannis. Yep. I'm going Giannis here. It's hard to make a disagreement against this guy. Uh, number one team in the East. This guy has turned up his game. He probably would have been the MVP of the All-Star game had his team won. Yeah. Uh, but, Averaging 27 points, 12 rebounds, almost 6 assists at 5.9. Crazy uh, the closest you can probably get to this guy is James Harden, uh, mm-hmm. who's averaging 36.5 points, 7.9 assists. And what's crazy about James Harden is the, the his season point average is the most since Kobe Bryant averaged 35.4 in 2005. Wow. And the only person who's averaged more than James Harden in one year in the modern NBA was 1985 when Jordan averaged 37 points a game right so kind of crazy but I think I'd still I'm still leaning towards Giannis here right I mean
1: yeah the way the Bucks are playing their record is the best in the NBA right now and Giannis is playing like so well like no one can stop Giannis right now and he's doing everything for this team and we saw what exactly happens to this team when he's out they lost by 20 points to the magic and so that I mean small sample size but I mean I don't think you need much more than that to see how much Giannis means to this team and yeah you could say James Harden means just as much but at the end of the day um, you kind of got to give it to the the team that has the best record and James Harden does lose some points for having already won it last year I feel like that plays into it somehow so right now I, I can't see any reason Giannis wouldn't get it and I, I gotta throw Paul George's name into the hat, at least just, just to give wow. him respect. But it's so he, a it's a pretty distant third and he would have to elevate his game again to another level to win the MVP this year, but he's he's third
0: for me right now. Wow, you have Paul George at third. Yep. Huh. I'm not even really sure who I guess Paul George I think would be a close fit. Or fourth, I, th- I think I keep thinking for third. I, Steph Curry just keeps coming to mind for me. I think he's quietly just putting up another great year. His field goal percentages and three point percentages are just oh, insanely through the roof, yeah. and I would have to put him at a third. Unfortunately, I would want to put an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James you there, can't. but <laughs> we just we just cannot put yeah, them there, um, right? And I think I mean ultimately. You want to give it to the best player, but come on. The team record means something. It's not the criteria, but it's part of the criteria. And ultimately, that's why I'm also leaning towards Giannis over Harden or anybody else. Number one team in the East. In the NBA, too. Oh, in the NBA. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have the number one. Yeah, you're right. They have Uh, a better
1: record than the Warriors.
0: Wow. All right, so. Rookie of the year again, and total agreement. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think, think everyone in the 10- world
1: is, <laughs> yeah, in agreement that Luka Doncic is the
0: rookie of the year. Yeah, you put this question out on Twitter, probably everybody agrees. Just for one, one little trolling bot account <laughs> from, that's being run in Russia or something <laughs> will disagree with you. But yeah, Luka Doncic is the rookie of the year. I mean, look at these numbers: twenty-seven and five assists. Uh, at one point, they were in the playoff hunt. Too. yeah
1: they were and until they blew up their entire team um in lieu for the future which i i totally agree with building the entire team around luca is a great idea uh, mm. we haven't seen a rookie season like this since lebron's l- rookie season so yeah. we don't even need to talk about how zion's going to be the next lebron luca might already be that person that we've been waiting for to like carry on to the next generation and be the best player in the league in a few years i mean this this guy can just do everything and he makes it look easy out there and he has he already has his own patented shot he has that um traveling step back three <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy i mean i just really just want to yell out to the nba world like remind me again why this guy wasn't drafted number one because i have no european idea. You MVP bias, in man. Europe. european bias it's
1: so ridiculous
0: you got a bunch of weenies running the general, the front office out of <laughs> Sacramento and yeah, Mark and Cuban's Phoenix. no weenie. <laughs> yeah, Mark Cuban was no <laughs> weenie. Uh, but hey, I think all signs pointed that he was going to be successful, and I think there's no way he any. And though, even though this is a pretty good draft class, considering Marvin Bagley isn't doing too bad for himself, DeAndre Aiden isn't doing too bad for himself, Trey Young mm-hmm. uh, across the board. Yeah, Martin it's a solid. It's been a draft. solid
1: draft class, but yeah, when you put up numbers like this, when you can be that franchise player immediately out of the gates, it's just not even a contest.
0: Yeah. And all right, let's go. This is my favorite one because I want to make, cause (laughs) yeah, you, you love that. I agreed (laughs) with you on this too. Don't you (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Rudy Gobert for defensive player of the year again, back to back potentially here. If he ends up walking away with it, I mean, Kevin Durant wants to, wanted to force himself in that equation and I mean, I could see it. I could, could definitely see it. He's see a good defender, yeah. In the running, he is. But ultimately, Rudy Gobert does what he does on the floor for this Utah team is, um, just on another level. And it's so consistent night in and night out. This guy has yet to miss a game this year. Um, Utah's in the playoff hunt. I don't understand how you don't put this man in the playoff game when he is not only elite, but basically number one in terms of defense here. Yeah, definitely snubbed from that all-star
1: game, but gets the consolation prize of being defensive player of the year in our hearts, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, Eighth highest defensive win share, which is just a complicated stat for basically saying how, how good he is on the defensive side. He helps them win on that end. Um, second in shot contests per game overall at 15.7, shots contested, and 2.1 blocks per game. Um, so just so some great defensive numbers from this man, and he just really battens down the paint when he's in the game. Um, there's not really like anything bad you can say about that part of his game. He's just got it mastered.
0: Yeah, in terms of defense, it just keeps getting... Better. I think he's a better defender this year than he was last year. And last year, he walked away with the Defensive Player of the Year. Um, just what he does, he's so smart on it. I'm um, capable of switching, capable of chasing down uh, players, even off the picks and the switches. So, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, hopefully, now that the Utah Jazz have hit a simpler, easier part of their schedule, they can bounce from that sixth seed a little bit higher. But we'll discuss later. Mm-hmm. But let's get into sixth man of the there year. We here we go. Where we get here the first we go. disagreement between us two. Uh, why don't you introduce your, your winner here? All bro?
1: right. My pick for the obvious sixth man of the year this year. He won it last year, too. Well-deserved. It's Lou Williams. How can it not be Lou Williams? 19.9 <laughs> points a game, 5.3 assists on 37% threes, 89% from the free throw line. Tobias Harris has gone from the Clippers. Everyone thinks that they're done. And Lou Williams pops 45 points off the bench in one game and then goes in the next game and gets 30 points and 10 assists and, and in a win. And you're telling me that this guy is
0: not the sixth man of the year. You are insane. I mean, Lou Williams definitely has a strong case individually but like I said, team records isn't the criteria, but it is definitely part of the criteria. So I'm going to go with Dennis Schroeder here oh. of OKC. Got the third seed in the West. This man's been consistent off the bench. He's the only good light off the bench for that team, averaging 15.7 points for assists with a 25% usage rate, a usage rate higher than Andrew Wiggins, De'Aaron Fox, and Kyle Kuzma. I mean, Oklahoma City leans on this guy. Um, to get them some points and get them some offensive going uh, when Russell Westbrook and Paul George aren't on the floor, or even when they're on the floor as well. I mean, he's helped close some games out pretty well. Um, And I mean, the biggest argument I think you can make against Dennis Schroeder is this guy definitely loves to shoot his shot. Um, (laughs) He's not afraid of it, shooting, I think, 46% from the field for this year. But he does what he needs to do, man, and and he adds fire to the offensive end uh, for this team. And Like I said, Oklahoma City, I think even they're hitting, they, I think they have, yeah, they have the hardest remaining schedule of this year. So they might fall from that third seed. I think they will, um, but we'll talk later about that. Uh, But even despite that, I still think they're a top five team in the West. On the other side of that, the Clippers. I don't even, they're not probably, they're, We're they are the won't seed. Even be in the playoffs. We're
1: in the eighth seed right now, dude. And he's averaging over four points a game more than Schroeder. I can't believe that. You won't even put him second. You're putting Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie second. He's not, uh, yeah. you're not, even, what? You're, now I you're, talking to, you're put, talking to me about record. You're talking to me about record. Who has a better record between the Nets and the Clippers, man?
0: The Nets are playoff team, man. Oh my that's what gosh, that's not—you cannot do that right now. <laughs> but I'm not—I'm not giving the award to this guy. I'm giving uh, it to Dennis. You're not even Spence putting is... him
1: second, though. That's just ridiculous. How is I'll, Lou Williams I'll, I'll, not second?
0: I'll give Lou Williams third. You are insane. I'll give him that. I'll do him that. You are favor. a madman. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. I mean, how can you not, these are it's good Lou numbers? Williams. That guy might as well just be a starter. I don't really understand he's why he's still coming off the bench. He's
1: not a starter, though. He hasn't started a single game this year.
0: I don't know. I still get that 25% usage rate for Dennis Schroeder, I think, means – it's not everything, but it does mean something. Man, I don't even know the Oklahoma usage rate for City.
1: Lou Williams. Me, I bet it's even higher.
0: <laughs> but anyways, I'll, I'll give Spencer Dean a close second here. 17 points a game. Um. Why I won't give it to him is because I think he's going to ultimately miss a couple weeks here uh, with his injured thumb. And I think Dennis Schroeder on the other side has just – I mean, he's closed. He's done some good things for Oklahoma City, and they needed that offensive punch off the bench. That's been missing the last couple years, and they got him for right now. Um, So did you find the usage rate Where do you even find usage rate? (laughs) Is that
1: a stat (laughs) that people look up?
0: It 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 means something in context, and know. in this context, Dennis Schroeder is important for Oklahoma City, and that's why I'm giving him six man of the year. This is, ugh. I just I I just don't know how you can make Lou
1: Williams so nothing, you know. It just baffles I mean, me.
0: I, I'll give him third. I'll give him third.
1: What website did you even use to look up the usage rate?
0: Basketball Reference. It's on there. Oh, hmm. Anyways, let's yeah. move. Let's we'll, move we'll, on, on. That...
1: we'll move on. We'll move on. I'll come back to it, but because I think
0: this is most improved, I think you're you're pretty passionate about this. Guy
1: I am here. passionate about this. You just <laughs> you're just doing this to piss me off, man. That's all you're doing.
0: <laughs> Why don't you start it start it off here? Who's your most improved all right? Guy my
1: improve my most improved, which I think a lot of people would honestly agree with, is Pascal Siakam. This man has been everything the Raptors have wanted him to be and more. Um, you bring in Kawhi Leonard, you have Kyle Lowry. Sergi Bach has been playing well. You don't think that this guy is really gonna have really carve out a role for himself on this team, but he comes out and he improves in nearly every stat. Actually does improve in every statistical category by a significant margin from last year. Um, and he's not even 25 years old yet, and he's not even in his prime, and he's just showing that, honestly, he could become an all-star in this league one day if he's given the opportunity to. Um, looking at his numbers, uh, 15.2 per ga- points per game this year versus 7.3 last year, um, 6.9 rebounds versus 4.5 rebounds, 2.8 assists versus 2 assists, um, shooting splits in last year were 50, 22, and 62 and this year they're 57 33 and 78. So, you're seeing improvement across the board and he if you want to talk about record, this team has the second best record in the east right now. So, oh, you just turned on yeah, against right. me. Right. Yeah, so if you want to be consistent here, you might as well agree with me and pick Siakam as your most improved oh, player.
0: I shot you down in the <laughs> other and you took you carved the bullet out and shot, shot me right back with it. Yeah, Pascal Siakam definitely is on the better team, and he's had a huge impact. I don't, I'm definitely not discrediting him. And this is a hard, this was a hard one for me to pick. There's a lot of guys that I liked, uh, to put in this category. Siakam was definitely one of them. I had Siakam on my mind. I had, uh, Sabonis on my mind here. Um, Thaddeus Young. Um, how about a Buddy Heal? I had him on my mind. Yeah, he's on there. But ultimately, I went with the Fox. De'Aaron Fox, (laughs) top five, he's top five in total steals, top ten in steals per game and assists. This guy has improved across the board on offense and defense. Why I give him the nod over Pascal Siakam is because De'Aaron Fox is the star of that Kings team, man. He leads that team, he sets that offense up, he sets the tone both on offense and defense. And he's the fastest man in the league. <laughs> fastest man in the league. Arguably. <laughs> but, uh, arguably. But look, but the season splits, I think, are just hand in hand as impressive as Siakam's as well. Um, you go 11 points per game last year to almost 18 points per game this year. 2.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 4.4 to 7.3. And in terms of shooting, uh, De'Aaron Fox has definitely taken that next step to really setting the foundations to, potentially becoming a top five point guard in the league in a couple years. I think with shooting 47% from the field, 37% from three uh, 72% from free throw, not as good as you would want it to be from your point guard. But, um, I think there's still potential to improve here, but Darren Fox, what he's been doing with the Kings. I like it, man. He doesn't have a Kawhi Leonard. that He can lean on. He doesn't have a Kyle Lowry. This guy is doing what he can with the young, with the young kids. He's got running right next to him. Um, Ultimately, I'm going with De'Aaron Fox here.
1: I mean, I think there is an argument to be made for De'Aaron Fox. I'll give you that. But I wouldn't say that he is the guy in Sacramento because all those young guys are really showing that they're part of this team. Like Buddy Heald is arguably, like the guy you already mentioned, is arguably as much of an important part of this team as him. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, um, Mm -hmm. he's a big part of this team. And, like, even Marvin Bagley. Like, Marvin Bagley coming in and giving his contributions. Will Colley Stein's improve? I I mean, I don't think that this is necessarily all on De'Aaron Fox. Um, So, I I don't know if I agree with you quite on that.
0: Man, I don't know. When I see this team play, I can see that everything starts with this guy. Um, I mean, he's your point guard. He's a true point guard for this squad. And he's putting the ball where it needs to go. And, yeah, boy, Donovic definitely helps him coming off the bench. He provides a huge boost. Uh, to this team. Uh, Not to discredit a lot of those guys, but for the sake of, in terms of most improved, I gotta go with De'Aaron Fox from what I saw last year to what we're seeing this year. And Sacramento really setting itself up to be a legitimate playoff threat uh, to close this season here. I mean, I think the Lakers um, are looking at their schedule. I think the Spurs, Utah, across the board, Houston and Oklahoma City, they see the Kings on their schedule. And I think they're a little bit worried that The Kings might become that team that just completely throws the seedings off uh, just because they might get some sneaky wins here against some good teams to close the year.
1: right? Definitely one of the most interesting teams. So I won't argue with you as hard as I did for Lou Williams. But (laughs) just to wrap that point up, I did find the usage percent statistic. You want to take a stab at if it's higher or lower than Dennis Schroeder's?
0: I'm going to guess it's lower.
1: Oh, well, you're wrong. It's 32.7% usage rate.
0: How many percentage Well, that's 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 significant that's that's pretty high. Seven percent points
1: higher than Dennis Schroeder's, bro.
0: I, I'm still not backing down from Crazy Schroeder. Crazy
1: that you're even thinking of choosing someone besides team, Williams.
0: Team record, man, the oh impact. Oh gosh. <laughs> the overall impact. I mean, we're talking about a team who's gonna finish potentially third versus a team who's probably finished tenth.
1: I would agree with you, this is an M V P race. <laughs> It's not the MVP race. It's a six-man.
0: Uh, honestly, you gave James Harden a knock for having won it before. Lou Williams has won it before.
1: <sighs> it's not the MVP race. <laughs> it's different.
0: All right, all right. We'll, all we'll right. agree to change the move, criteria. Yeah, let's, for... let's, let's move.
1: I'll start agreeing again. How about that? You want to agree on one for with me right now?
0: All right. This one, this one was also hard for me, um, but ultimate, ultimately, you got to go with, with Mike from the Bucks. How do you pronounce his name? Mike <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> Budweiser. Budenholzer. Yeah. You got to go with Mike here. I mean, the battle of the Mics. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Mike I, Malone's I, a close second.
0: Y- yeah. Because I wanted to make a case for Mike Malone here to bring up another argument here with you. But sure. he did a great job. Um He's got a team that still has a chance of finishing with the second seed. Um, he's dealt with a team who's missed a combined of eighty-one games this year. When you take all the games missed from every single Nuggets player, yeah, uh, big injuries to key players. Gary Harris has yet to even really make an impact on this team because he's Seriously. been injured so much. Isaiah Thomas just came back, coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will Barton just hasn't really looked like himself since coming back from that injury the last couple weeks. Uh, Paul Millsap losing some time as well. And he's still got this team floating a lot better than where we thought they were going to be. Um, but, I mean, the Bucks are first in right. the NBA. Yeah, Got the MVP on that team. <laughs> Huge turnaround from what we saw last year uh, without really changing the roster significantly. Right,
1: yeah, that's the big thing here is that the Bucks maybe wouldn't, or Mike Bunholzer wouldn't have necessarily won this award had Jason Kidd not shown how terribly you could coach this team. <laughs> And this is right. what they should have been last year. They should have been, like, one of the best seeds in the East. They, they were just, like, in the doldrums of the East um, with terrible coaching. And you bring in a, someone that actually knows what they're doing and it really shows how far this team can go. And, I mean, you could, you could say the same thing for Denver. I mean, they didn't change their lineup at all either, and they are vastly improved. Um, hard to say vastly because they, they were still, like, 45 and 37 last year. It's not a great record, um, but are really improving on that this year. Um, Jokic taking a big step up, and I mean, Michael Malone might even overtake him if we can see a healthy Isaiah Thomas come back to form. Um, if he's yeah, able to accomplish putting him into the lineup and making him a major contributor to this team, like that, that is quite a coaching achievement.
0: Right, that's the X factor here because I mean, Isaiah Thomas, we saw him come back just that single game. Gary Harris hasn't even come back yet, so yeah. if you can integrate Isaiah Thomas, Gary Harris, and I don't know. Maybe you sneak yourself in there and steal that number one seed. It's a long mm-hmm. shot. And if, if they if that, they get that, then the argument could go either way. Yeah, then Mike Malone might have just just might come in and steal this award at the last hour here. Uh, but ultimately, I do think it comes down to these two guys, the battle of the mics. But yeah. for now, I'm going with uh, Mike Budenhauser um, over Mr. Malone. Yep, same.
1: And we're actually gonna agree on the rest of these awards, so it, it's good. I don't like disagreeing with you too much, but man, sometimes, sometimes you gotta put Dennis Schroeder over Lou Williams, and then
0: everything hits the fan. I will say this though: it's a Dennis Schroeder. I I don't know if you remember, but when we were doing preseason uh, predictions, I told you Dennis Schroeder is gonna get to sixteen points a game, and he's gonna make an uh, we'll impact on OKC. And yet. you didn't believe it. He's, he's at fifteen point seven. He's right there. He's
1: right there. That doesn't make him the sixth man, though.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but let's go to executive of the year here.
1: Sam Presti. It's easily Sam Presti, in my opinion. And I mean, you, you're agreeing with me here. And yeah. I don't know if there's much argument to be had. I can't even think of another one that I would throw in there. I'm not giving there's Somebody it. I wish. Rob Polinka. Rob Polinka.
0: I mean, think about how many the teams that made the most moves in, during this offseason. I mean, OKC was there. Um the Lakers definitely made the most moves probably yeah. out of everybody in this playoff race, but obviously it hasn't worked out their way, so
1: Yeah, we Go can't Sam. even consider Rob Pelinka. But yeah, Sam Presti, I mean, through the list of moves they did, he got Paul George to re-sign with them long term, which nobody expected. That was a huge win for them. Even probably a bigger win for them is that they were able to somehow trade Carmelo Anthony for Dennis Schroeder. Um, turning a complete liability into one of the hugest assets you could have acquired for that guy. Um, yeah. Traded for the draft rights to Hamidou Diallo on draft night, um, who is now the dunk champion and a promising young rookie for them. And signing Markeith Morris in the buyout market um, just earlier this week. So nothing but positive for Sam Presti here. And, I mean, he just continues to impress.
0: Yeah, that trade with for Dennis Schroeder, you trade 30, what, 36-year-old Carmelo <laughs> Anthony for 25-year-old Dennis Schroeder, scorer. Unreal. I mean, he's a hothead, but yeah. he's definitely what you needed on that team. Sign Paul George. Um, probably his worst move this year is just bringing back Raymond Felton, I think. What a waste of his loss. Yeah, he's not even <laughs> really doing anything.
1: But that was before they knew they were getting Schroeder. So he needed yeah. something to back up. I, I, I do think that I need to include one more person in this, and that's Elton Brand. Um, Elton brand trading for Jimmy Butler, trading for Tobias Harris, making huge moves to make this team. What could possibly be a championship contender if they're able to all mesh in time for the playoffs. And uh, so to- yeah. getting Tobias there and Bobin, of course, I mean, getting both of those guys is huge, um, for a rookie GM to come in and be able to make bold moves like that and put this team in a position to like compete for years to come. Now that that's nothing to scoff at.
0: Right. Um, but more, I'm, I'm just kind of the only thing about Elton Brand is the Markel Fultz trade. I wonder it's how that's going to come back and cement his legacy here. I mean, in the short term, you're right. Elton Brand is a close, is a second here. Uh, but in the long term, I wonder how we're going to remember this move with Markel Fultz because they didn't get many, really much of anything. And They, back they ended from. up getting
1: a first round pick. I, I don't remember if it was a very good one or not. I think it was Orlando's 2020. Mm-hmm. um but either way i mean if if faults turns out to be nothing then it was a great move because they actually got something for him
0: yeah you also open up that roster spot
1: yeah so, yeah, so. i don't know I, I give him a close second still um but sam presti wins it for having definite positive moves all around right
0: how about the sportsmanship award yeah <laughs> sportsmanship I always for- forget <laughs> about these like uh, kind of just the, like the more t-ball more it's like the
1: t-ball league right. awards here <laughs>
0: yeah i mean you also have like the community award but i'm not sure if we can we can i have no idea
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah sportsmanship um, award like i have no idea how this is really based on but i personally think mike conley is a great sport for everything that he's gone through with the trade deadline um willing to spend the next few years in Memphis probably in the doldrums of the conference just tutoring jaron jackson and mentoring him into becoming a star in this league um that that's a pretty uh it's a it's a i don't even know i i guess it's a really nice move for conley as a as a person you know yeah like it makes him look really good in the media and like wow like this guy's willing to sacrifice his own career for other people's and He's getting his money, of course, but still, I mean, at the end of the day, what you want to do as an NBA player is win a championship, and that's something Mark Gasol gets to do, while Mark Mike Conley just looks on and um, is just going to spend the rest of his prime in Memphis, probably.
0: Yeah, I would have loved to see Mike Conley move to a to a uh, a playoff contender here, but I think the numbers just were not going to work out the way teams wanted it to, and Memphis probably wasn't going to get anything remotely close to anything beneficial to their franchise in the future. So looks like they got Mike Conley. Mike Conley loves um, Memphis, and I think uh, he seems like a solid dude. Um, Loyal, I for sure. Re- it, yeah. <laughs> I also didn't know how to research this award, so I'm going to go ahead and, <laughs> and agree with you with Mike Conley. Yeah. I mean,
1: just the way that he handled it, it's like when you compare and contrast it to the way Anthony Davis's trade request went down and how Mike Conley could have tried to do the same thing. It's just geez, Pau Gasol's trade Yeah, yeah Pau Gasol asking for a trade request. No one wants your $16 million contract, man. But, yeah, the way he handled that all is super professional, so I think he's deserving of that.
0: Yeah. How about we go to the Hustle Award here? Yes. Um, we're, we're in agreement because, I mean, it's hard to really... Uh, Gauge Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> like, Set it into some tangible stat other than just... A dude you see just never co- run out of energy. And the first name that comes to mind for this year is Montrez Harrell. Yeah, there's... dude.
1: I mean, I don't know how many Clipper games you've had the pleasure of watching, but Montrez Harrell is easily the most entertaining player to watch in the NBA right now. Like, the dude never stops. And he's so intense. Every time he makes a dunk, he's screaming. Um, mm-hmm. If there's a loose ball, you are going to bet money that Montrez Harrell gets to it. And yeah. yeah, he just, he plays with a lot of heart. Um, he's one of those kind of like blue collar guys in the NBA. I would say that really has to work his butt off to actually make him make a name for himself. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, at one point he was even in the running for six men of the year this year um, earlier in the season when he was just crushing it and he's still doing really well um, with the minutes that he's getting off the bench. And I just love the energy this guy plays with.
0: I I agree. And it's hard to come up with a close second here um unfortunately it's nearly impossible to watch every single team <laughs> in every single game. Right. So I'm sure there's some low key guys out there that definitely come off the bench like a Corey Brewer type guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Montres Harrell has made his hustle just makes an impact on the Clippers and that for that little stretch where they were the number one team in the West. Oh man. It seems. Why oh, hang your hats out like so. I was just
1: about to say it seems like that that was like two years ago or something. <laughs> but yeah, he was a huge reason why we were that number one seed. He, he's he's a great player. I love Harold.
0: Yeah, so let's get down to our uh, projections here. So we created a spreadsheet and uh, you you locked in your projections. Yep. I locked in mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, that we agreed on agreement. some. Yeah, it, yeah, and then, some of them are pretty cut and dry. Yeah, and then there were some that we disagreed on, but um, let's go ahead and just uh, name off your predictions here, Sean. Uh, from this, at least your end, of, your predictions for the end of your seedings. Uh, we only did uh, one through eleven. There's no need to project where the scenic suns gonna
1: finish. <laughs> yeah, the teams that are at least have a chance to make the playoffs still. Yeah. yeah so I mean I'll go we'll start with the Eastern Conference uh, number one bucks for me number two Raptors three sixers four Celtics, five pacers, six Nets and then this is where it gets a little interesting um, because the next um, four teams are only separated by one game right now which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So this one was pretty hard for me but I'm going seven Pistons um, just because I believe in Blake Griffin and
0: number eight I'm going with the Miami Heat. Nice. Um, okay. So that's, we're pretty much in agreement here where I also go Bucks one, Raptors two, 76ers three, Celtics four, Pacers five, Nets six, Pistons seven. Uh, Blake Griffin looks good. He's back on um, playing good mm-hmm. basketball. But in terms of, um, where we go from there, number eight, I'm going with Busevic, Evan Fournier, Dang. and those boys, and I'm going eighth for them. <laughs> I'm going on Evan Hornets nine, <laughs> Miami Heat tenth. <laughs> I'm putting Miami Heat on <laughs> tenth. Whoa, dude, going to hit a free fall alongside the Charlotte Hornets. That is brutal. But yeah, I mean, I I
1: wouldn't have taken you for a guy that would bet on Evan Fournier.
0: Well, most most of the bet is on Bucevic <laughs> and Aaron Gordon. I think they still got they got some more fight in them, and I think they can come back and really yeah. take really take that. Um, so, so mean, why don't
1: we, so if we both agree on the Hornets. Let's, let's get that out of the way uh, that they're not going to make the playoffs, which is interesting because they've been in the picture this entire time hovering around 500. And they do have arguably the best player out of these four teams that are fighting for these two spots and Kemba Walker. Um, but we don't think they'll make it. And I, I, I don't know. I think for me, at least it's because they don't have anything outside Kemba Walker to really be excited about. Um, and a lot of these guys just don't seem like playoff players
0: now nah, they don't have anything to really look forward to I mean you want to take about Miami Heat they got Goran Dragic coming back Orlando Magic I mean they have some solid players they hit a tough stretch here where they lost a couple games in a row but ultimately I mean looking at this they have the 28th least difficult schedule in the NBA so basically towards the end the bottom percentile there in terms of difficulty you look at the Charlotte Hornets, they got the second most difficult schedule yeah. to close that's, this year. Yeah, that's a killer. And they're not, and they're not a good team as it is. <laughs> uh, nope. The only sense of consistency is from Kemba Walker in terms of defense and offense. It's on and off. You either got Marvin Williams going off, Malik Monk, or they shoot Duds, or Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I don't know what if that guy uh, still know. belongs <laughs> in the NBA. Probably not.
1: And this is a team that's terrible on the road, too. So they're not going to win a lot of these road games that they're going to need to win at the end of the season to keep their place right now. 8-21 um, and 21 on the road.
0: Ouch. Yeah, so this team, if there's a team that's going to free fall, it's definitely them. Uh, but the major difference between me and you yeah, is obviously eighth here with the 8th mm-hmm. the spot. And no, no surprise, it's close within all these guys. Um, and my projections is the Miami Heat ultimately will lose out that spot and the magic are going in there, and big reason again: twenty-eighth easiest schedule. Ten of the twenty-three games are at home, so they do have thirteen games on the road. That's not too um, good. But a lot, but <laughs> a lot of these games are against the the Cavs, the New York Knicks, um, the Chicago Bulls. A uh, very little Western Conference teams. Um, and I think Vucevic's got himself another big run in him, and Aaron Gordon as well. I think they they can get themselves into the playoff picture here.
1: Ah, uh, so is, this is where I'm gonna disagree with you. I think the Heat are gonna get that eighth seed. Um, to talk a little bit about the Magic, this is a team that is very inconsistent. We saw them go off to a big run at the start of the season. Uh, they fell off hugely in the middle of the season, and they've only recently came back on a really weird five-game winning streak that nobody expected. But that's the thing; this team's really inconsistent. So I can see them losing one of these games to the Cavs or to the Knicks or to the Bulls. Just you're like, yeah, it's the magic. Evan Fournier shot 0-15. And you know what? It just wasn't their day. Like, I can see that happening. They're not consistent enough to really hold that seed, I think. And the Heat, on the other hand, they made the playoffs last year. And another good thing in, their, in for their court is that Drogic and Derek Jones Jr. are coming back as soon as Thursday. Um, and If not then, on the weekend for sure. And these are two big pieces for this team. They are missing a starting point guard. They're running with Justice Winslow, at point guard, for a lot of this stretch here without Dragic. And now you bring him back. He's an all-star last year. Now you bring an all-star yeah. back into that lineup. Um, 14 of their 26 remaining games are at home. So despite their most seventh most difficult schedule in the NBA, um, they'll have that advantage there. And they're just some, for some wins there because they have a really odd record of having uh, 11-16 at home. They have a winning record of 15 and 14 in away games. So it doesn't seem like the away games really uh, affect them very much, but they are due for some home wins here. And I think they're going to yeah. get them down the stretch.
0: Yeah, we'll see how the home games here. I mean, they lost uh, They lost Tyler Johnson at the trade. They got Dion Waiters. They got weird stuff going on with all their guard lineups. I think this might come back and hurt them a little bit with Goran Dragic coming back. Well, I don't think that's why uh, they
1: thought they didn't need Tyler Johnson because they have Dragic coming back.
0: Yeah, I I just don't I don't see it, man. I, I see the consistency in the roster lineups that Magic has have had, and again, uh, yeah, they're inconsistent. But I think that that fortunate stretch that the Magic went went through in the beginning of the year, I think I can see a repeat of that to close this year off, um, especially with these easier games on the schedule here. Miami here. I think they're going to hit a little rough patch trying to adjust um, with the return of Drogic and Derek Jones Jr. Um, and I think they're going to lose some of these these key games against Western Conference teams. And I think the Magic are going to have a little Magic go their oh, way. Wow. wow, you threw that one in there. <laughs> I had to. You just had to. Uh,
1: yeah, Well, we'll have to move on from that one then <laughs> into the Western Conference. Um, Alan, do you want to give your Western Conference takes on who you think's going to go 1-8? through
0: eight? Yeah, so the Western Conference is a little bit more interesting than the uh, Eastern Conference. Unfortunately, like I don't think it's worth <laughs> this uh, arguing about differences between four and five. But there are some big differences here between me and you. But mm-hmm. here's here's what I think it's gonna go: Warriors number one, Nuggets number two, uh, uh, Blazers number three, wow. Oklahoma City number four, Rockets number five, Jazz number six, Spurs mm-hmm. number seven, and the Lakers. I the think they're going to come through and sneak their way to number 8, Whoa. Kings number 9, Clippers 10, and uh, the Timberwolves um, number 11. Yeah, no no mean, big run from that. Yeah, we
1: don't even know why I include them on this list. Yeah. Um, yeah, so mine starts out pretty similar to yours. Warriors 1, Nuggets 2, but then I'm sticking with the Thunder at 3 because I'm a normal person. Uh are <laughs> <Okay. laughs> going Rockets 4, Blazers 5, um, flip-flopping on the Jazz with you, going Spurs 6, Jazz 7. And then you know what? I'm going Lakers number eight. Also <laughs> uh, with the Clippers nine and Kings ten. Um, yeah, we so we both had the Lakers defying the odds of five thirty eight having them at a twenty six percent chance, ESPN having them at a five point eight percent chance, and Basketball Reference having them at a four point nine percent chance of making the playoffs from here on out. But yeah. we we believe in playoff LeBron being <laughs> activated early this season, and you know yeah. what it. History can, continues to repeat itself, I think. Is that whenever you start to doubt LeBron, that's when
0: he's at his strongest. I don't know how, why I'm making this bet, but the Lakers will finish the because the more <laughs> I look into it, the more it seems like I shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you still don't have a timeline on Lonzo Ball, so he's going to be, a, he, you need him back. The Lakers are still shooting 70% from the free throw line. Brandon Ingram has been better, though. He has been. Up across the board, across the board. Um, shooting, yeah. free throw percentage, um, shot selection. So he's your glimmer of hope there. But this Laker team really needs to try to get itself together. Maybe, maybe Reggie Bullock will be the X factor in this final stretch. But ultimately, yes, it's playoff LeBron here that playoff we're really leaning on. <laughs> like I said earlier, it's the team. It's the team that needs to improve, not LeBron. The yeah. team is losing because it just – uh, the production from uh, everybody not named LeBron is very inconsistent and, the and bad. Defense. But...
1: It's the defense, too. has just been atrocious.
0: Yeah, so there are three games out of the eighth, and out of their next ten games, they all have a less than 50% chance of winning <laughs> any of them. Oh. Except for two. Two games. A uh, uh, home game against the Phoenix Suns and an away game against the Chicago Bulls. Oh, good. I'm glad they're they the in those. <laughs> And they have the ninth toughest schedule here to close the year again. Man, what more are we? What are we, are we
1: doing? <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we insane? Why are we doing this? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Playoff, don't playoff.
1: Know. LeBron defies statistical logic. Is what it comes down to.
0: So one time I heard a, a I was listening to this presentation on sports gambling one hundred and one or whatever, <laughs> and this guy gave a tip that that kind of stuck in my mind. He's like. He's like, yeah, sometimes when you're gambling, there are moments where it's best to go against the majority because overhyped events kind of bring out, you know, the idiots of the majority. Mm -hmm. And he brought up the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather (laughs) fight. (laughs) He brought up uh, a point when the Boston Celtics were down 3-1 to the Chicago Bulls who were a seventh seed Mm -hmm. and they were the second or number one seed. And, you know, they had some injuries here, but they came back in the hype and I think this might be one of those situations in where the majority is betting that the Lakers will make the playoffs, but it's ultimately maybe not going to happen.
1: I just feel like it's it's got to be higher than like a 6% chance. Like, there's yeah. just no respect. No respect for LeBron at all here.
0: I mean, even Nate Silver's um, 538 model has them at 26%. That's, that's okay.
1: You know, like 26% is <laughs> not good but it's not like insurmountable you know like that is right. like the play i feel i believe that's like a pretty solid chance
0: yeah i mean i think it is higher and i'm gonna go because of the fact that i do think clippers have gotten a lot weaker um i also think the kings maybe not qu- won't quite be the team that we all think they're gonna be here to close the year yeah, off. it's just
1: hard to close out you know it's been a long season and these other
0: guys ha- have more experience than these kings yeah, the Kings are a young team, um, so I think that'll come back and and benefit the Lakers. But let's talk about what our big disagreement yeah, but, is. And-,
1: and it's not like a huge disagreement, but like I I'm really curious to hear your case because the case for five for for the fifth seed for the Blazers for me is not very hard to make. The <laughs> Thunder are in the three seed now with a three game lead on the Blazers. And they they have no signs of stopping. I mean, they just signed Markeith Morris as a good pickup. They don't have any serious injuries. Uh, And you also have Houston right there, a game behind the Blazers, who are getting Capella back into the lineup as early as tomorrow on Thursday night against the Lakers. And then, now you have Paul Harden and Capella, their big three back. Um, You're looking at this team probably winning a lot more games than they're losing to end the season. And my big thing is Capella on the Rockets is a greater addition than Cantor added to the Blazers, which is all they really did. So you're going to have to convince me on this one, Alan, because this this just seems very strange.
0: OK, I don't think I mean, Clint Capella is a key pickup or key return for the Rockets. True. But at the start of the season, they had Clint Capella and they still struggled <laughs> as a team and they've definitely found their identity best. Now, the last couple of months, but I just don't see this team really making enough wins to really maintain a third seed. Um, and I think ultimately they will fall to that fifth seed and then wow. there will be fourth. And I think the, the Blazers just have that consistency behind them. I think Cantor is a huge uh, pickup here. Um, and I'm not going to lie, that big win against the Warriors that they had before the All-Star break, I think we're seeing something from the Blazers. We're seeing something mm. from the, from Zach Collins and adding him to the picture of Nurkic and Cantor. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. Um, and we're looking at a team who's sixth in defensive rating and fifth in offensive rating. So I think they're not quite as polarizing as a team as the Houston Rockets who have a great offense, but just a terrible defense. <laughs> and we're talking second in offensive rating. And I think majority of that's probably going to be with Coming from James Harden, oh, yeah. but 27th in defense. Um, sure, Clint Capella slightly helps that, mm-hmm. but because that's so bad, I just don't think they're going to be able to hold on uh, to really take. To really, uh, I'll take a team like the Blazers um, or Oklahoma City, and they got a, they got a tough schedule themselves. Thirteen of the next twenty four games on the road. They got games against the Warriors. They got a three game road trip in the East where they're playing. The 76ers, Raptors, and Celtics hmm. in five days and then followed by the Bucks and OKC. Whereas on the other side, um, the Blazers got a slightly easier schedule here where they still got um, games against the Cavs, the Nets, the Hornets. Hornets and, and not easy Bulls. game. <laughs> I, I think it's easy for a team like the Blazers. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. And I mean, and here's my case against Oklahoma City if we're going to jump to in terms of why Oklahoma yeah, City yeah. will lose the third seed on yeah, my I side. to this. It starts with the schedule. Look at this, man. This is crazy. (laughs) To start the month of March, they got five games in six days. On the, you got the Blazers, the Spurs, the Timberwolves, and Clippers. So you got some back to backs there just to start the month off. And, um, there, this is a team that relies again, kind of like the Rockets. They rely a lot on their defense, which is fourth in rate, fourth in defensive rating, and they're 13th in terms of offensive rating. Um, and then just to close the season off, five games in eight days to close that year, uh, close out the year. And then the last final two games, they got the Bucks, and then followed with a back-to-back against the Rockets.
1: Yeah, wait, is five games in six days even legal? I, I, I think that's four games in six days, which is still a lot.
0: Yeah, but I think...
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I don't know. Either way, it, it is a lot of games, but... This team has the star power to handle that kind of schedule. If this was the Orlando Magic we were talking about, then, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, they're screwed. But this is Russell yeah. Westbrook. This is Paul George. This is nothing new to them. And if they need to win games, they're going to win games. And they already have that three-game gap on them. That's hard. That's really hard. So you're talking about, let's say the Blazers need to win 50 games to get to the the third seed. That means they need to go uh what so what is that um 16 and 9 to end the season whereas OKC only needs to go 13 and 12. Yeah well, that that when you put I- it in that perspective I don't I don't know if you might think that's as easy as it
0: is. I mean I think it's possible but the difference in, in just the schedule the way the schedule is playing out here. I think it's gonna come back and hurt Oklahoma City. We might see the same situation, maybe not quite as bad as what happened to the Clippers last year, or ultimately their biggest opponent became their schedule. Um, but I think it might be to to a degree close to that, and I think Oklahoma City is gonna drop some games, and hmm. maybe that maybe that third seed record isn't as good as we think it's gonna be once once that year closes in. Because I I still think it's gonna be close, though. So, like I think it's gonna we're, we're gonna be talking about a game difference maybe even half a game difference between these three teams.
1: Man, that, that's interesting. I mean, I can see your point with Houston. I could see the Blazers possibly being fourth, but, man, to get to OKC at this point just seems way too hard to be possible.
0: The X-Factor To be again. likely, to to predict it to happen. That's such a hot take. I'm going to go with it, man. I'm going with an all-confidence take here. Uh, All
1: right, I respect it.
0: Yeah, I think that's... uh. Is that I guess my case has been made there yeah. with this team, um, but hey, we still got we still got an NBA season to play out. Yeah, so it's gonna be a fun last uh,
1: it's gonna be a fun last third. I'm really excited to see what happens. And man, having this week without any actual NBA games has been pretty brutal, man. I miss looking up yeah. scores. I miss watching games. It's gonna be good to get back out there tomorrow and watch a few games.
0: Yeah, yeah what did hold us up though, just to close the podcast up, was UNC versus Duke. Uh, which broke records in terms of ticket value with resale values upwards of $2,500 per <laughs> ticket uh, just to watch this game. Zion Williamson, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, a bunch of dudes in college playing basketball. Um, <laughs> Obama I, I, was there. Um, who yeah, else was there?
1: Just a bunch of celebrities. Spike Lee was there. Like, Man, this was such a hyped-up game.
0: Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, I mean, this is. I mean, if you needed a, you know, you're a college kid at Duke, you could always rely on this. Forget scholarships, just buy a bunch of basketball tickets and resell
1: them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yeah, they pay all this money just to watch the man. They all came there to see Zion Williamson hurt himself in the first minute of the game, um, ripping through his shoe. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, when I he did see that, yeah, he sprained his knees. He was so much force into the ground or something where he just ripped the shoe out of its upper. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I have a hot take on Duke just to keep making big takes here. Sure. I predict that Duke will not make the final four the final in the four. March Madness or-
1: dang. I mean, I can, I can see where you're coming from with like Deandre Aiden having not even made it out of the first round last year yeah. on Arizona, but this team is so different, man. They don't, they have more than just Ayton. they have, Possibly three of the top five in the NBA draft next year, um, so I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to go against you unless this knee injury is something serious.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. Somebody tweeted like, "Make your, uh, make a, a your worst take that you're willing to spend all day defending." Uh, and <laughs> I was like, "That's my take, that's right it. There. <laughs> there." You <laughs> will make the final four. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Not that it even matters, but anyways, just to close it off, the. The upward sell price of twenty five hundred dollars per ticket here, with not a single percentage of that ever going to any of these athletes. Well, maybe not ever. In some form, it does, but not directly in cash, which is what matters more than free backpacks and free meals. I think. And, <laughs> yeah. And free, socks. And, and free free college tuition that you aren't even gonna finish. Right. Um, a college tuition that doesn't even come close in total price, probably to what Zion Williamson brings in value oh my to, this, gosh. to this program at Duke University it's criminal yeah I agree that is a perfect word for it so should, I see, should these guys be compensated for something like this hell yeah, man. Hell yeah this is man. everybody's making money that day the janitor the towel boy the administrator <laughs> professors everybody made money except for Zion Williamson himself yeah. well at least not upwards in Upfront and legally but we're gonna assume that's not happening so we're gonna say he didn't make a single dime off this performance yeah or the result of his star power just
1: criminal man that's all that's all i gotta say
0: (laughs) well thanks everybody for tuning in uh don't forget to check us out week in and week out like us on facebook instagram twitter and subscribe to our podcast
1: yes sir have a good week everybody